everyone, and welcome to Avid Travel with Britton Frost. I, of course, am your host, Britton Frost, and today we are going to be joined by Elsa Nystrom, who is one of our readers who has also done a few guest posts on the site, and we are going to be talking about using Medicare abroad and what Medicare covers and when it covers. So we will get to that in just a second. I do want to say that I pre-recorded this intro, so I will not be going over any cruise news this week, but I pre-recorded it because Ralph and I are going to sail aboard Ama Magna and we're going to fly to Budapest um, on Sunday. So by the time you are listening to this, it will be Monday and Tuesday. So we will already be aboard the ship and please feel free to follow our journey over at our on our Instagram account, which is at Avid Cruiser. Um, we'll be posting a lot of stories, kind of day in the life type of things. And then of course, after we get back, we will also be posting on the blog over at River Cruise Advisor. So without further ado, we'll get into that podcast with Elsa. So hi, everyone. I am joined today by another one of our guest columnists. We had Paulette Hanna on a couple of months ago to talk about a Mekong River cruise. But this time, I am joined by Elsa Nystrom. And we are going to talk, well, I want to talk a little bit about your travels and how you kind of came to the blog. Because I remember Ralph just telling me, well, we have this woman, Elsa, who wants to write about things. And, you know, I mean, what kind of um, started your passion for travel? Well, my husband and I have always enjoyed travel, but we never had a lot of money. We had seven children. So we started out with a variety of campers and uh, ended up with a motorhome. But then the motorhome got to be too much, and I was about to retire from the university. And um, I said, well, why don't we go back to Europe? I had done study abroad with my students in uh, 1998 and we we stayed in france for six weeks and we really enjoyed it but we'd never gone back i mean family intervened things happened and so here we are and i said well let's do a river cruise because he doesn't like the kind of tour where you pack and unpack you know Mm -hmm. tomorrow it'll be brussels you know that kind of trip and i said well we'll be on the boat he loves boats and we'll only have to pack and unpack once. He said, well, all right. (laughs) And so I did my homework and decided we would do Uniworld, and we stayed with them Uh, because I figure once, if you do, you really get more advantages if you're loyal. They reward you. Um, And we enjoyed Uniworld, and uh, so we went. And our first cruise was a total disaster. <laughs> I'm surprised I got him to go back. I was going to say, and you still went back. <laughs> oh, I'm very persuasive. Um, <laughs> no, it was a Christmas markets cruise, and it was my retirement present to me. I love Christmas. He hates Christmas. Um, so we went, and we were on uh, the the U.S. Uh, the Beatrice, uh, Uniroyal, one of Uniroyal ships, and we loved the ship. The weather was awful it rained every day a cold miserable rain and then you know the tours and he would say and every day they take you to a christmas market and i said well yes it's a christmas market tour (laughs) (laughs) you know 
men, it, this is a woman's tour for the most part. The, the guys on board, and he polled them all. He said they don't like it. You know, they're doing it because they're wives. You know. So anyway, we, we went back, and we had a good time. And probably the, we've done seven. So the, the last one probably uh, coming up will be our eighth. And I think our favorite was Normandy. Mm-hmm. because we went to the, the cemetery and he was the oldest vet and got to put the wreath on in front of the statue and it was very touching, very, very moving. Sure. And, you know, so he got involved in that. So we've had we've had some bad times and some good times. We will never take a train in Europe again with our luggage. That is not an easy feat. <laughs> That's why Ralph's <laughs> advice is to pack light, and mine is like, I'll just get a car and take three suitcases. It's fine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is well, not. The it's not easy. Not, well, it was it was really bad uh, because there was a cabin on the line, and it was my idea. All the scenery we could see from Basel, going from Basel to Amsterdam, it would be just great. Well, it wasn't great because everyone was rerouted, and we ended up going from train to bus to train, <laughs> no handicap accessible. We had a check bag. We had to lug that thing around. But fortunately, the German people were so nice. Um, they were helping us with our bags, or we'd still be somewhere in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, the worst one was we, they put us on the wrong train in Frankfurt. And we ended up on a siding in this small town. And uh, the, the track worker came along and he said, well, you're going to have to get off because this train is going to be here all night. And we had to get our plane in Amsterdam the next morning. So we went to the door and there's like a three and a half foot drop. I said, we can't, we can't do this. We brought a ladder and then we had to climb over this brick divider very hard with artificial hips, I might add. Sure. And anyway. Um... And probably just anyway in general, but. <laughs> it was, it was, it was not a fun time. We had to take a taxi back to Frankfurt. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. don't take the train if you've got luggage. It's fine without luggage. Or if you're young but... and can hop over walls, so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you're, you know, like a pole vaulter, for example. <laughs> Track athlete, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is is my these these stories are so fun to tell, and I I hate that we're gonna. I'm kind of gonna have no, to I'm say like, sure. no. I mean, <laughs> tell all the great hilarious travel stories you want, but it's like today we're kind of focusing on the bad times of travel. So I appreciate that we right. started it a little bit lighthearted with something. I mean, obviously it was a horrible situation. But, you know, I think that that's part of what makes travel so interesting is that even when you have these hard times, you can kind of either take them and learn from them, i.e. not knowing not to ride the train again, or, you know, just taking them back and telling them to people in the hilarious way that you do. And, you know, just having that story that's kind of, uh, I, I don't know, just a memory. So that's always fun. 
Well, it was an adventure. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) of course. And so, so, but you have decided to continue cruising, to continue traveling through Europe. And you did mention that you're going on your eighth cruise with Uniworld. So do you want to talk a little bit about that itinerary and what you're going to be doing? Well, uh, we picked it because um, it's a good itinerary. It's not one of their fancy ships, but sometimes the smaller, older ones are actually more comfortable. And we start in Vienna, which is a city we really like, and we end up in Amsterdam, which we are pretty familiar with. And we're 15 days on the ship, so there's no transferring. And uh, I will say last year we got caught up in the... uh, the low water thing and one of our cruises was canceled after we were already in Europe mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and uh, so we didn't really want to end we're both getting you know, up in the 80s we don't want to be traveling when people look at us and say why are you on this ship you know sure and uh, so I think we're fit enough to enjoy it but you never know so that's the last one, and it is a good itinerary. We've been some to some of these places, but there's always something good to see. Sure, yeah, and every time you go, you can do something different, even with the same company and the same tours. It's like, you know, you can choose to do something different or just go out alone, so that's part of the appeal yep. as well. Yeah, I'm happy with that. In fact, we're, we're going to stop in Regensburg, and the last time I was there, I went off on my own to see the Abbey of Hildegard of Bingen, who is one of my uh, favorite medieval women <laughs> way over time. And, you know, a philosopher, medical doctor, health food addict, who couldn't like her? And it's really neat because it's, it's still a Benedictine Abbey. Mm-hmm. And to see it giving a wine tasting in full habit is really fun. Yeah, yeah, that is that is fun. That's something that, yeah, you're not going to see here. So I do, well, you mentioned something that I was not even on the docket for me today, but I do want to talk about it a little bit because it is something that we get so many questions about. And you having experienced it firsthand, I have not, having a cruise canceled to low water. Okay. So what was that experience like? I mean, other than horrible. Well, <laughs> It, it it was it didn't turn out quite. Uniworld was really very good about it. They are a good company. When something goes bad, they make good on it. And what I should have done is take a complete refund, which they offered. Mm-hmm. And we had booked through our travel agent Michelle at AAA. She had gotten us all business class uh, flights. And we had these really, of course, we couldn't use them if we chose another cruise, right? Okay. But we want to keep our business class flight home because that's where you really need it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, okay, I we picked one the uh, the one that goes to Provence, mm-hmm. and we done that one, and we we knew the cruise manager, and we really liked her. She uh, she's very charming. And uh, they gave us, we had booked a suite, which was, again, disappointing because they didn't have a suite open. But they gave us each our own cabin, if you can imagine that. Wow, yeah. Uh, right to each, next to each other. And we got a lot of kidding about visiting each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but but anyway, we it was kind of nice because the cabins aren't super huge, so we had plenty of room to spread out. Uh, and we enjoyed the cruise, but there was a sense of letdown. And the worst part of it was um, that the Mistral came up when we were in Avignon at the end of the cruise. And I have a little bit of COPD, and I was out there and about, and that dust went in my lungs, and I got really, really sick. Oh, no. Uh, I got a, the worst case of bronchitis I've ever had. Oh, and my goodness. Nobody had a hard time breathing, period. Yeah. Well, they called the doctor, um, and Dr. Skippy came on board. Uh, <laughs> he's a young freshman. He had really long hair and really bad dandruff. Um, you should never wear a dark-colored T-shirt if you have really bad dandruff. <laughs> Just as a rule of thumb. <laughs> very, very, very important. But he knew stuff, and he prescribed. But, you know, bronchitis does not go away with a snap of the finger. So, sure. Uh, we ended up going to Amsterdam and waiting at an airport hotel for our flight home six days. And it was frustrating to me because I couldn't walk yeah. far enough to get to the bus stop. And there were all these neat places to see. But the people at the hotel were really nice. And we would, <laughs> and you'll get a kick out of this, having been to many airports, we would ride the shuttle to the airport to find a different place to eat. <laughs> but all the good places are on the other side of security. Yes, yes. Was, <laughs> and we didn't want to go through security. We couldn't, really. <laughs> and, and so that was our excitement. Just riding <laughs> to and from the airport to the hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is so. That's a that's a travel hack. We interviewed Samantha Brown last week, and she told us some of her hacks. But this is the best one I've heard yet. Use the airport shuttle for free transportation to get to and from dinner. Yes. Oh my Go But I mean, well, I... no. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean I I do have an invented sense of humor. I I can tell. I can tell. But I want to, I want to talk about this because I mean even like you looking back at this and saying there were bad things that happened but we ended up going on another tour and Uniworld handled it well and of course we know that some of the river cruise companies didn't handle it as well um, no but now that no now that we're having high water issues I think that we're seeing that the cruise lines are handling it better because the yeah. low water thing happened and they kind of learned from that. So I think that my advice to people is, and Ralph's too, is always just when considering booking a river cruise, you know that you're running that risk. I mean, but that's just, it's going to happen or it isn't. And so do you have any more advice on that? Like being skeptical of booking a cruise because of low water? Well, I think you have to study the patterns. And that's one of the reasons we're going in July instead of in August. Mm Mm-hmm. Although the high water, I, I've been watching it. It seems okay because we're starting in Vienna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've kind of, kind of been monitoring it. And everyone seems to be going okay. Um, I think you have to think about the time, and weather really does enter into it. Do you want to be cold? Do you mind if it rains? Yeah, a lot. Um, you know, like there, 
the tulip cruises sound wonderful, but I know it rains all the time in in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. In the spring, <laughs> and, and yeah. In the spring, it it rains a lot in the summer over there. It gets cloudy. Cool. How do you think those tulips oh. stay so perfect and pretty? Because all the rain. Uh, well, it, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I think the weather is important, and although we've had unusual weather. Uh, this is not the first time they had high water, and I remember when we were in Passau on that Christmas, ill-fated Christmas markets cruise, uh, they showed us how high the water had been mm-hmm. a couple of years earlier, and uh, so I thought, huh, you know, that that was our first cruise, and the idea of having problems because of high or low water never entered into my head. Yeah, it doesn't until <laughs> it happens. <laughs> And then we did actually on the Maria Teresa, which is the Uniworld's, it was at that time the biggest ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, we ended up going as far as uh, Passau, and then they bust us to Vienna. They put us up at the Ritz-Carlton, no problems. Um, we enjoyed a couple of nice days there, and then we bust to Budapest, and and we saw the refugees, that was the year of the refugees trying to get into Austria from Hungary, all these people walking along the road. So, you know, there's always something really compelling, even when things don't work out. But they did treat us really well. The only, oh, my only complaint was they got, they tried to give everything. Yeah. And that one day we were in Budapest and we hardly had time to catch our breath before we were going somewhere else. It's just jam packed to yeah, make up for jam-packed. it. Yeah, that wasn't their fault. So. And this segues a little bit into insurance, which I mean, obviously, the type of insurance that we're going to talk about is not going to be about trip cancellations or high water or low water, but we're going to talk mostly about um, medical insurance because you have written two articles on for River Cruise Advisor and Avid Cruiser on using Medicare and what Medicare covers outside of the U.S. Um, and I am just going to kind of give you the floor. I know that you used to teach, so you should be comfortable. Um, but just kind of about your findings and when this works and, and, you know, how people can use it if they can. Okay, sure. Uh, and actually I still teach, uh, two classes a year for lifelong learners, eight weeks, <laughs> because it's what I'm good at. So I still like to do it. Um. Medicare is, is is really good. It's not free. I mean, my husband and I have Medicare. We pay $136 a month. It does not cover everything. Of course, people on Medicare know this, and it's sometimes very slow to reimburse you. So, uh, consequently, the insurance companies, in their wisdom, have developed uh, two different kinds of policies to fill in the gap, if you will. And the one that we have is a Medicare Advantage type of policy, and there are many, many. A lot of them are offered by HMOs, and they actually take the place of Medicare. So they take care of all the uh, submitting to Medicare, and you go there and you're treated. And generally speaking, if you have a good one, and and we have Kaiser Permanente, which is a very good one, it, you get really good here, but 
you can't use it outside the United States. So with a Medicare Advantage policy, doesn't matter which one it is, you can't use it outside the state. Now, the other type of uh, supplemental policy is a Medigap policy. Now, I, to be honest, I didn't even know there was a difference mm -hmm. until I started the research. I thought they were all the same. And it gets into all that that you'll see. I'm going to link the articles down below where you have like this part and this part and these different. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll link all that too. Well, that's good because really, and I don't think a lot of people know it either. Mm -hmm. You know, they just figure their policy doesn't work outside the United States. Well, as one gentleman said, he had the best one and it did. Um, okay. I looked into it. He was right. But there are some caveats with the Medigap policies. Number one, they tend to be more expensive than the Medicare Advantage policies. So if you get the best one, you're going to be, that covers you outside the United States, you're going to be paying more for it than you would for your Medicare Advantage policy. And how much are you going to use it? Now, all the Medigap policies uh, have letters and we won't even go into that if you're you know with the chart you'll see mm -hmm. uh, but the the one that's most popular right now they're they're not going to let more people uh, uh subscribe to it i guess would be a good word so that will go away and the other part of it is that i find a little off-putting is that over a lifetime you can only um, you can only get a $50,000 refund if you have a, an illness overseas mm -hmm. through Medigap. Well, if you have something really serious, $50,000 is going to go pretty fast. Yeah. What if you have to be transported back to the United States? Mm -hmm. And that's a lifetime. The other thing about them is they all... Uh, only cover uh, 80% of the bill. So they become your primary carrier, but they only cover 80% of the bill. So, all right, your bill is $30,000. Do the math. You yeah. still got to pay a good bit with this policy, which you are paying more for anyway, right? Because they tend to be more expensive. Yeah. So my thinking is, and I've, I've read a few articles by brokers that say you know if you're traveling all the time maybe but remember they have fifty thousand dollar limit um but if you're not why spend more when you're not going to get full coverage why not just add a travel policy you don't even have to add all the other stuff trip cancellation so on and so forth you just add you can add the medical aspect there are so many policies out there that do that yeah yeah. That's the conclusion I came to. Medigap does have coverage, but it it has its limitations. And it, it would become the primary because of course Medicare won't cover you at all. And that and then if you did get a supplementary travel insurance policy, that would become the secondary. So you would submit to your Medigap policy first and then to the other. So and that's what you've chosen to do is to kind of use brokers and find other options. 
I I use the broker simply because it doesn't cost any more. Mm-hmm. And your travel travel I, agents can help with that as well, with insurance. It's it's really up to the individual. Absolutely. To look at look at these things and kind of make their own decisions as to, to what they want to do. So we we don't have a, a Medigap policy. We have Medicare Advantage, and so obviously we're going to have travel insurance when uh, we. Yeah, <laughs> and and I will say if you you go with a good company, they're going to reimburse you a lot faster mm-hmm. than medic than than Medicare would. And I want to ask this too because I think that tra- that insurance is something that I have started thinking about, but only after I've done these insurance interviews. It's not something that I ever thought that I needed. And now that I do these interviews with people and just hear about these things that have gone horribly awry or, you know, if I were paying a cruise fare and that cruise was to get canceled, you know, just as far as that goes with travel insurance, I I would be devastated and I would hope that I had that. So, I mean, when was that moment of realization for you if there was one or is that just something that you kind of knew from the beginning that you needed to be covered? Well, I'm a big believer in uh, preventive preventive medicine, if you will. Yeah. So, and my travel agent also um, talked to me about that. I didn't, miss the, now AAA sells Allianz, and Allianz is a, is a good company, but they are not cheap, and they are age prohibitive. Not all companies are age prohibitive. Some companies won't charge you that much more if you're old, mm-hmm. which is um, but Allianz does. The rates really go up for you. I would definitely re- recommend getting insurance because it won't cost hardly anything. That's what Ralph said. He was like, it'll be less than $100. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, you know, it, 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 if I could pay less than $100 for my insurance, I'd be a happy camper. But Absolutely. that's not going to happen. Um, no, you, you know, why not? What if you, well, you go to a lot of adventurous places mm-hmm. and some of them, don't have really good medical facilities for tourists. And I will tell you a story did not happen to me, but um, I have a friend who she and her husband went to Cuba to meet her daughter's fiance who was Cuban, who she met outside of Cuba. Anyway, while they were there, her husband got really sick. Uh And he, as it turned out, he had a blockage in his intestine and he almost died. Oh, no. Well, while the, yeah, no, seriously, while the Cuban doctors trying to figure out what was wrong with him, right? And so they finally called their doctor in Atlanta here, and uh, he said, get, get right home. But if they had really heavy-duty travel insurance, they could have flighted him home. Yeah. And he, he would have suffered a lot less than he did. He, he really did. It was a very slow recovery. Yeah. So yes, Cuba has has good medical care up to a point, but a lot of these places, if there's something really wrong with you, you know. Yeah. In France, on the other hand, you know, you'd be okay. Uh, Switzerland, very good, very expensive. Uh, you know, it just depends. But if you're going to places where they might not have really good care, even on a cruise ship, some of those doctors are not really that good. Oh, and they're so expensive. Yeah. So, you know, why not get insurance? It won't cost much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it is, it kind of just goes back to, like you were saying, it's better to be safe than sorry to take preventative measures. And yeah, I mean, that all makes sense. 
I I convinced my youngest son. Uh, he and his wife he have two little boys, and he he's a college professor like I was, and uh, they he was giving a talk in Ireland, and they were going to be there for three or four weeks. And I said, well, you know, why don't you get some medical insurance coverage while you're over there? And he looked into it, and he said, yeah, that they didn't get sick, but he said well, it really wasn't that expensive. Mm-hmm. But if something had happened, we would have been covered. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a believer. I mean, now if your insurance costs more than your trip, then it becomes a little problematic. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like, why do I want to cover something that? Yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, um, I thank you so much for joining me. I really do, and I would love to have you back on to talk about the cruise that you're taking that you're leaving for next week. Okay. And that would well, hopefully be... everything goes according to, uh, you know, the way it's supposed to. But if not, then we have another one of these teachable moments. Well, yeah, <laughs> even even if it does, I'll probably <laughs> I'll probably have some really weird story. <laughs> well, thank you. Why I... do you think I come back? Because it's it's a story. <laughs> 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 I really appreciate having you here. You've been a delight. Well, it's great talking to you, Britton. And get that insurance for that next trip. I will. What if you slip or something like that? I you know, know, you really. <laughs> I, I really need to. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today on Avid Travel with Britain Frost. I hope you all have a great week, as always, and I will see you next time. Bye.